Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Matthew chapter 6. I want to read these scriptures. This is something that I touched on uh, a while back, just briefly on a Sunday night, I believe, and kind of uh, felt directed uh, to come back and look at this in a little bit more detail. Obviously, we can't uh, go too far this morning, but uh, I want to look at this a little bit this morning. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, uh, forever. Amen. How many of you were were taught these uh, section of verses as a child? And you could quote these things as a child. You know, there is such power in these verses and and such life in this. Uh, As we know, you know, this was a model prayer that the Lord gave, had told them. He didn't tell them to pray this exactly, but it was a model prayer. And it's just like anything, uh, the enemy wants to take what God gives us and what the Lord speaks and turn it into something that's lifeless and just something that we just say and quote and don't realize the power of it. But there's great power in these scriptures. And and really, uh, these set of scriptures are a... Uh, uh, is the substructure or the, the blueprint, if it were, for the Christian life is in these scriptures here. And uh, so this morning, I just want to look at some of these things. And uh, I know this will be a reminder to many of us. We know these things, and it will be a, a, a good reminder to us. But how many of you know that it's not just what we know, but it's what we actively know and what we're living in that affects our life, right? I believe one of the greatest needs in the church, one of the greatest needs in my own personal life, and one of the needs in general in the body of Christ, not only in our church, but, but far and wide, is to have our minds renewed to the word of God. And then be, to begin to see things, to see life, to approach life in the way that God sees it, in the way he would have us to see it, the way he'd have us to approach it, because there's power in thinking and having our mind renewed to the word. Now, you may be here and you don't know what, what I'm talking about. Go over to, to, um, uh, go over to Romans with me. Romans, the, the 12th chapter, just, we'll just, what are you talking about being, renewing your mind? Well, let's look at it real quick. Romans chapter 12 and verse one, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It is so important that just the things that we've heard, that we hear them enough that we can accept it and begin to agree with it in our own thoughts and practice in life. It says here that we not be conformed to the world. How many of you know that the world wants to conform us into a pattern, into an image that doesn't represent the way God wanted things to be? I mean, you can look around, our world is a mess. How many know that this is not the way God created it? It says in the beginning, he, everything he created, he said it was good. It wasn't a mess. It wasn't a wreck. Whenever he got finished creating everything, it was good. And so things have gotten messed up because of sin and people's disobedience and various things. And and really the pressure of this life to think and act a different way that's in opposition to the way God wants it to be. Amen? And so it's important that we renew our thinking. The Amplified says, talking about renewing your mind with the Bible and the words, new ideals and new attitudes. 
How many know that your attitude shapes your daily life? What your attitude right now is, what your attitude is right now is what, affect, what will affect what you hear this morning. Our attitude is everything. It says in the Amplified, I've got it written down, but it's super small. Uh, it says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of your mind. Think about that. There's something we, we have to, we get to do with our entire mind. You know, there's not an area of your mind that doesn't need work. Well, that was weak. Wish I'd get some agreement in here this morning, but there's not a single area. Maybe I'm the only one that have areas in my mind that need to be changed. Anybody else? It says the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and attitudes so that you may prove for yourself. For yourself. I don't know about you, but I want things proved for myself. I don't want somebody else proving it and me just looking at their testimony and their example. I want to see it in my life. I want to see it in my life. I want to prove that in my life for myself, right? You renew your mind so that you can prove, uh, uh, may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So renewing our mind is an important thing. And, and going back to Matthew chapter 6, it lays down a groundwork, a basic groundwork Jesus covered in these few verses for the Christian life. And if we'll adapt our thinking and our thoughts, our ideals and our attitude with what the word says, we'll begin to prove these things out in our life. Amen. So go back to Matthew chapter 6. In verses 9, it says, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we're just going to stop right there. The, the, the first area that Jesus instructed them to pray and really the first uh, 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 step or the first uh, place in our Christian walk is recognizing that God is our Father. I know that's, that's life-changing, isn't it? It actually really is. If you can hear that, think, oh, yeah, I know that, then you really don't understand what that means. Our Father, the word Father is, uh, 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 that's used here, it's a term of endearment. It's a title that, that, is, uh, uh, that gives honor, but also calls person, a person to a relationship. You know, we've talked a lot about this around here in the last couple of years, your relationship with God. And, you know, we can't talk about it enough. If you're tired of hearing it, well, then you just should not get tired of it because it is huge. Our Father who art in heaven. I tell you what, it is our relationship with God is everything. Can I say it this way? Your relationship with God is everything. It is the starting point to everything that you experience in this life is, on, is based on your relationship with him. Now, if you accept Christ as your Savior, we know that you are in relationship with him. You have a relationship. On the legal side, you have it. But as far as what you're experiencing, there is a relationship with God that you can experience and that it's available for you to have. It's not for the elite few. It's not for those who've got their act together. It's for those who, who he is their father to have that kind of a relationship with. Our father, it's a call to relationship. You know, in our daily life, our primary focus needs to be our personal relationship with God. That needs to be our primary focus in everything is my relationship with God, your relationship with God. So what does that mean for me, Pastor Greg? 
Every day, your primary focus is not going to work, earning a paycheck, providing for the family, having fun. As a believer, our primary focus is being in relationship and experiencing more of him every day. No matter how much you've experienced, there's more for you to have. No matter how much you've seen, there's more for you to know. No matter how much you've understood of our Heavenly Father, there's more to grasp. Are you out there this morning? Our relationship with God is everything. And the Christian walk that we have starts and it ends on your relationship with God. You know, I just want to challenge you. It's something, anytime you hear something over and over and over again and you hear something, you have, to, you have to recognize, first of all, where is it coming from? This is something that the Lord has been emphasizing for quite a while around here, is our relationship with God. And is that a sign that there's problem? No, it's a sign that, it's a sign that he's wanting more. It's a sign that God is wanting more interaction with us. He's wanting more time with us. Think about that. God desires to, to, to fellowship and to spend time with us more than he's been able to in the past. When we think about heaven, do you, think, or do you look forward to spending time in the presence of God when we get to heaven? You, a few people? I mean, do you, do you look forward to that? I look, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that option, for, for that encounter. How many know that our relationship with God is the same here as it will be there? And what belongs to us there belongs to us, how we can have those things. He said, our Father who art is in heaven. Who, who is, who, our Father who art. That's why we don't talk like this anymore. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I just want to encourage you this morning, first and foremost, in your relationship with God Invest in your relationship with God. What does that mean? Acknowledge him, begin to recognize him, begin to pay him attention. Any relationship that's growing has got to have interaction. Right. It's got to have interaction. And so get involved. Don't just let Sunday morning be your your one time to interact with God. Don't let it be your only thing. Notice this is the blueprint for the Christian life. Have you know that Sunday mornings is not life? There's some chuckles out there. Sunday morning is Sunday morning. But you realize he wants to be part of our lives. He wants to be part of it. We come in on Sunday mornings, and I know sometimes we come in and people are a little less engaged than other, other times, right? Maybe this one week they're struggling, just kind of getting past the sleepies or whatever. But we've all been in services before. You, I can relate, where you've actually pressed into the presence of God and just spent time with your Father and how awesome it was. That's not a Sunday morning thing. That is a lifestyle. And you can have that every single day of your life. Even with things going on, that's all right. It doesn't interrupt your fellowship, your communion with our Father. Our Father who art is in heaven. So it starts with our relationship with God. Now, everybody's relationship with God, we've said this before, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look different on everybody. Uh, uh, you know, one of the dangers we have is comparing ourselves. We said this, and it, it's just good to say it again. Don't compare your walk with God with anybody else's. Yours isn't better and theirs isn't worse. Just because it doesn't look like yours. Right? God made us all different with different personalities, and it wasn't a mistake, right? Ryan, I know it may seem like it, but Ryan was not a mistake. (laughs) Thank God. His personality, well, we're not sure about Edna, but anyway, uh, Ryan's personality was not a mistake. (laughs) Just kidding. She's always coming after me, so I'm getting her this morning. But anyway, no, your, your, your personality is how God made you to be. 
Now we'll say this, there's a lot of things about our personality that has been shaped by things that are not godly. Right? A lot of times people are, they're things, they, they express themselves in ways because of hurt. Well, you know, that's, coming, that's not how God made them. That's, that's this life. And so we don't want to give in to those things. But who you really are, that's your, your relationship with God is going to look like you. It's going to look like you. One of the things we do is we compare ourselves. Well, I, I don't look like, they don't look like this. I don't look like that. And the enemy uses it as a tool to make you think that you're not where you should be. Right? Because maybe, you know, this or that, or maybe they're, they're so much more spiritual. No, 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 no. Your relationship with God is your relationship with God, and it's going to look like you, and that's all right. You want it to look, you don't want it to look like somebody else. You be you, I'll be me, and we'll get the job done, right? But there are two things that, are, that, that I, I find throughout the Word that are consistent with what a real, real relationship with God is. Number one is passionate. A relationship with God is passionate. Are you out there this morning? Go over to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. You, you hold your place there in, uh, in Matthew, Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 29, it says, For our God is a consuming fire. Everybody say consuming. When something is consumed, what, what, does that, what does that paint a picture of? When something is consumed, does that, does that paint a picture of just a small little fire? A little something you put in your yard with some bricks around it, a little fire pit you make in the backyard. Is that a consuming fire? No. Have you ever seen a forest fire? And it's sweeping through something. It engulfs everything. That, there's a difference between a backyard fire and a forest fire is one is consuming and one is controlled. Can I tell you this? You can't control in our relationship with God. It's not, if, if you are controlling the relationship, it's not passionate. It's not consuming. If you have him in a box where he only affects certain things and can only can consume or burn up certain areas of your life, or express himself in certain areas, that's not a passionate relationship with God. That's not a consuming relationship. That's just the truth. I have a, my, my wife and I, our relationship, we're passionate about one another. It affects every area of our lives. She affects everything I do. I affect everything she does. How much more so with God should he, need, he not be involved in every area of your life? Listen, sometimes our biggest problem is we just don't want to let give him access I want to know him more. I want to experience his presence more. I want, to, I, want it to, I want God to be real in my life. Open your life up to him. Don't, don't let there be areas that are your areas and areas that are his areas. <laughs> now, the, a lot of times people think, well, if I give God everything, I won't have anything that's my own. No, God will champion even what's important to you. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. But it still starts with you opening your life up to him. He loves you so much that, yes, he'll consume it, but he'll also consume it with things that you love as well. Open your life up to him. Be passionate about him. Uh, the Bible says that we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our strength, with all of our might. Right? We're supposed to love him with every part of us. When, it, when you're all about something, you ever said that person, they're all about such and such? What does it mean? They're passionate about it, right? They're consumed with it. 
Let me just ask you, how much does the Lord enter your mind throughout the week? I've heard some people, mm, mm. Not good ums, like, mm, that's tasty, but mm, ouch, I hurt. I heard others say a lot. Only you know, really, how often he enters your mind throughout the week and how, how much you commune with him. Only you really know that. Well, he knows that as well. I don't know. You know, one of the things that happens is we, we try to put on shows for people. Can I just tell you something? The world is sick of the church putting on a show. <laughs> the world is sick of people putting on a show. They're sick of it because there's no power in the show. Uh, us putting on a show. Now, when he puts on a show, that's totally different. But when we're just trying to go through the motions and to make everybody else think everything's wonderful, how I many know there's no power in that? Not only does it that we get deceived by it, but also tells people there's nothing to it. Because when we put on the show and he's not really to be on show and to be what he wants to be, there's no power in our life. And so the results of a relationship with God aren't shown us. So people think it's just religion. You've just caught habit. You've, you've, you know, that's what, mo- that's what a lot of believers catch. They catch habits. And habits are good, but relationship is more important. Starts with a, with, a, with, a, with a passionate relationship with God. Only you know what that is. And whether you're on the mm side, mm side, or on the all, all the time. I, I'm thinking about him all the time. Great. There can be more. There can be more. There can be more. It can be deeper. It can be closer. It can be even more valuable to you. So it starts off with our Father in heaven. So obviously our relationship with God is a vital thing. And, and I, and I want to just say this too, you know, uh, we have to change our approach when we, when we come to God, he's father and he's not master. He's father. Go with me over to, uh, John chapter 15, John, the 15th chapter. This is just a good little side note here. I think will be a help to us. John, the 15th chapter. Somebody say, praise the Lord. That was weak, but I'll take it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> this side didn't even do anything. What happened? This side just fell off the map altogether. What? I'll te- oh, okay. He said, teach to this side. All right, teach to that side. <laughs> John chapter uh, 15. In the 15th verse, it says, No longer I, do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. Of course, we know in Romans, it says that we've received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father, even a step further. But it says here, Jesus said, telling them to pray, he said to approach God as our father. Of course, that got Jesus into a lot of trouble in times past when he would say this. People would try to kill him for, for saying that God was his father. But he instructed them to approach God as his father, not as servant, but as father. It says there in the scripture that a servant uh, does not know what is the, what the master is doing, but I've called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father. I've made known to you. The new living Bible says, because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the father told me. The message Bible says, I no longer call you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. See, our approach towards God as father and developing in a relationship with God moves from just being task-oriented to heart-oriented. I'll say that again. It moves from being task-oriented 
to being heart-oriented. You know, there's a big difference. Now, task is important. Doing what he asks us to do is important. The verse before this, it says, you are my friends, verse 14. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So obviously, obeying God is important. But can I say this? Your heart is more important than obedience. A servant doesn't want to, doesn't want to they, they're, not, they're concerned with disobedience. A person whose heart is concerned with disappointment. Right? And so in our walk with God, developing a relationship, a father-son, father-daughter relationship, you begin to not just see the things that need to be done. Yes, there are things that need to be done, but you get insight into the reason why and the heart behind it and the participation and the goals of what's going on. See, our, our walk with God is not just a checklist, it's not a do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. It, yes, there are do's and don'ts. There are. But there is a heart behind it. There is a reason behind it. You know, I believe that if people develop in this area, it would solve most issues in the body of Christ. It really would. It solve most issues in the body of Christ. Because it's not necessary. it's not just about obedience, while obedience is important. It's about pleasing our Father. It's about pleasing him and about, be, and about not causing something to get in the way of that relationship. You're not slaves, you're sons, you're daughters, amen? And, and, and we'll go with me over to Luke chapter 10. I had written this down, I wasn't sure if I'd get to it, but we'll just look at it. Luke, the 10th chapter. Our Father. Relationship is everything. Luke chapter 10. Verse 38, it says, now it happened as they went uh, that, they, that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary uh, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell, me, tell her to help me. Anybody ever been there before? Yeah, I've been there before. And Jesus answered and said uh, uh, to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Can I just say this? In, in doing what the Lord has called us to do with our lives, don't get so busy in the doing, the serving, the fulfilling, that you forget sitting at the feet of Jesus. This is all part of being in relationship with him. Jesus corrected Martha, said, no, listen, Mary's after the right thing. These things are important. We'll get to these things. We'll get to the, the service aspect of it. But your heart is everything. Your heart is everything. When you protect your heart and your walk with him, other things won't be a distraction. They won't be a distraction in your life. It says here in for, verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Did Mary and Martha have the same responsibilities? Apparently so, because Martha expected Mary to be in there helping her. It must have been Mary's job too. Martha would have had no right to be upset with Mary if that wasn't what Mary did. But she was upset because Mary wasn't in there helping her take care of all the details. She had many troubles, many worries, Jesus said about Martha. But he said, listen, Mary's going after the right thing. It all goes back to protecting your heart, your walk with God. 
Don't get so busy in serving that you forget why you're serving. Amen. Yesterday morning, I was getting, I was doing different things and, and uh, Mia came up to me and she said, dad, will you play with me? Have you ever your, your child, your daughter, especially guys, your daughter look you in the eyes and say, daddy, will you just play with me? I heard an awe out there. One, one heartfelt person over there, you know. And I, and I had a lot of stuff I had to do, a lot of things going on I had to take, take, take care of. But then, you know, the things that we do, why are we doing them? I mean, you know, in our own personal lives, you, you get up and go to work, you earn a living, you do the, you're doing it because you're trying to provide for those that you care about, right? And I was so busy in, in providing and I got to go out and do stuff in the yard and got to go do this and, and got to do that. But it's easy to forget about why you're doing it. She said, Dad, just spend time with me. How many realize that's God's heart towards you? Son, daughter, just hang out with me. This is the blueprint of our life. Every day, are you spending time with him? Do you realize that's, that's, that oftentimes that's more important than anything else? Just hang out with me. Just spend time with me. I had other stuff I need to do, but looking into Mia's face when she said that, we're going we're to do something. And we hung out for about an hour and wrestled on the couch, you know, and, and, and whatever, whatever we did, you know, we had foot wars because that's what she wanted to do. And, and so we just hung out just because of just spending time with her. The point is don't get so busy with life. Don't even get so busy with Christian life that you forget the purpose of it. It's a relationship with him. You know, if you'll do that, you won't get burned out in serving God. Over the years, we've had people, I'm just, you know, get burned out of this, burned out of that. Well, you know, keep your heart fresh. Keep your walk with him fresh. It's not just the task, it's the heart behind it. The task can wear you out when that's all you see is the task. But the heart behind it and the plan involved and the, and the care that's involved in it, I said that keeps you motivated to keep moving forward. Amen? So keep your relationship with God, number one. Keep it fresh and strong. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed just simply means, it just means to be respected or revered. This is an expression of praise. He lists these things in order. And so this is a way we can order our lives. We, we're, we're first and foremost, we're approaching him as our father, our relationship. Secondly, cultivating a lifestyle of praise, worship, and honor towards God. Are you out there today? If this is, this is, if you will keep these things in perspective, it'll keep you steady. You know, praise, worship, thanksgiving, these things are not church things. They're a lifestyle. They're a lifestyle. In Psalms 100, it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. See, they all feed off of one another. They all point towards one another. If you're going after God as your father, but then you live a lifestyle of praise, a lifestyle of worship where you are honoring him, revering him, looking towards him, worshiping him. You actually get into the presence of God when you do that. I don't feel anything. Start praising God. I feel like I'm, have you ever felt like a million miles away from the Lord? Maybe you missed it. Maybe there's all kinds of pressure going on, Right? And I just, don't, I just don't feel his closeness. Well, get, start worshiping him. Start praising him. Our life ought to be a sacrifice to the Lord. Amen. 
I quoted the scripture earlier, earlier, Psalms 22, you are wholly enthroned in the praises of Israel. Worship is such an important thing in our lives, worshiping God. What does it mean everyday life? Make, make it a point, get into the habit of acknowledging him and just simply worshiping him throughout the day. You don't have to have the band. You just have to have this and express your heart. That's all you have to have. Throughout the day, just be, just be putting your attention upon him. Throughout the day, just give him your attention and worship him. Thank him for what he's doing. Praise him for who he is and then worship him. Just offer your heart. Offer your life to the Lord. Our life ought to be, ought to be yes, our relationship, but then also it ought to be an expression of worship towards him. Amen? You know, if you know anything about the book of Revelation, you'll find out that the primary thing that's done in heaven is praise and worship. You know, we can get in on that now. Now, maybe you're not in the habit of actually talking to God throughout the day. Or just, I'm not, I'm not, ask, I'm not talking about asking for what you need. But I'm talking about honoring him, giving glory to him. Set reminders on your phone, whatever it takes. We live in a technology age. Use those things to help you, Right? Put a reminder to, 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 to give the Lord thanks. Get him a part. If you'll begin to train yourself, you'll begin to experience the joy that is, in, that is involved in fellowship and honoring him and begin to recognize his presence. And you won't have to be reminding yourself. It'll just begin to start flowing out of your life. Right? So it's honoring him, recognizing him as your father, your relationship, worshiping him. Right? And it goes on to say, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, there is things that we need to do and things that need to be accomplished on this earth. Heaven is our standard. Heaven is our standard. It's our part of our job. Now, we're getting into more responsibility things here, getting into more things that we start with our relationship, we start with honoring and worshiping, but then getting into making sure that God's will on earth is done here as it is in heaven. You know, we, we don't know a whole lot about heaven. We know some things, but we, we know there's no sickness, no disease, no, uh, uh, no crying, no sadness, all of these things we know that, that are there. We also know the streets are covered with gold, and, and so we know some physical things and some other things. You know, what areas are we to be going after on this earth? Obviously, are we to be pursuing streets of gold here? Probably not. But you know, there is a lot of things here in this world that needs to be changed. It says in uh, Psalms 144, verse 13, this is out of the uh, New American Standard Bible, it says, let our cattle bear without mishap and without loss. Let there be no outcry in our streets. So let our cattle bear without mishap and without loss. Let there be no outcry in our streets. Our, our, see, when you get to know the Father and you're spending time in his presence, and you get to, to an insight, not just the task, but the heart behind it, God wants to set this world free. He wants to deliver from the, from the sin, from the loss, the despair that has gripped this world. And it's our opportunity to begin to pursue after those things. So let your will or your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't know everything that, that needs to take place here and everything we'll see until the Lord Jesus comes back. We don't know all those things, but I can tell you this, it's far more than what we have seen. It is far more than what we have seen. 
You know, if, if uh, you know, around here in the last, last year, last two years, we've seen a lot of things and, and, and a lot of things have happened. Steve gave the example, you know, a couple Wednesday nights ago, we had a young man with a, with a, a, a fracture, I'm fra- fractured at playing lacrosse at Santa Fe and was in a cast. And, and so, you know, God set him free from that. Migraine headaches were, 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 were taken care of. You know, there's a lot of things that people are struggling with. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. A lot of things that happen that ought not happen in, in our Christian life is to pursue those things. Can I ask you, are you pursuing God's will to be done as it is in heaven? Are you pursuing it in earth, on this earth? Is that something you even think about? Is it something that you're mindful of? See, we can't go after what we're not even aware of. There is a plan, there is a purpose, there is opportunity for God to move, and we need to pursue after those things. Go with me over to uh, 2 Corinthians, or rather 1 Corinthians, the uh, second chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You know, we were singing the song this morning, He Can Do, or All Things Are Possible. What was it we were singing? There's nothing my God can't do is in between there. Nothing my God can't do or there's nothing he can't do. We need to expand our vision about what's possible. Expand our vision about what's possible. It says here in in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I tell you what God wants to do, not only in our lives, in our church, but in the world, is more than we can even possibly imagine. It's more than we've even thought of. It's more. There's more that he wants to do. It's something that we've got to go after. Right. See, when you're going after these things, when that is important to you, when you're looking for opportunities to, to bring heaven's will to earth, it affects, it affects every part of your life. It affects everything that you do. But you're not going to be able to do it if you're not established in your walk with him. Amen. I has not seen, ear has not heard the things that have entered into the heart of, the, of, of or entered into the heart, heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Matthew 16 says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, we bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's our job is to bind and to loose the reality of heaven in this earth. Now we say, amen. Do you realize that what you bind is actually bound? What you loose is actually loosed? The things that, what are you binding? What are in your workplace, in your family? What things are you standing against? Well, God's not doing anything. What are you doing? What are you standing against? What are you refusing to allow? Getting before God and saying, God, we're not going to have this. I bind this in the name of Jesus. I loose this in the name of Jesus. What are you binding? What are you loosening? See, we can't just say, well, God's not doing this or God's not doing this or this doesn't work or that doesn't work. We've got to change the way we look at things and how we respond. Renew our mind. Listen, God, God's done all there is to do. He's taken care of everything. What are you doing with it? Are you standing your ground? We're not going to have this and we will absolutely have this. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
You know, and, kind of, and, and just going over these things and reading these scriptures, the Lord began to challenge me. Every day, and what am I doing? Is it producing or pursuing the reality of heaven? Or is it just going with the flow of the reality of this earth? Challenging me. What are we doing? I mean, every day, yes, yeah, Sunday, we're doing things that are, that are declaring heaven and they're, and they're going after what's in heaven. What are we doing Monday morning? What are we doing Tuesday afternoon? What, what are we doing? We're, we're, to, we're to pursue these things. We're to have a heart for these things. Praise God. The good news is whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Listen, what goes on in our families is up to us. What goes on in our church is up to us. What goes on to our fam- in our families is up to us. What goes on in our workplaces is up to us. What goes on in our nation is up to us. Right. Even with great darkness, we can control what's going on. We can absolutely control what's going on. But it, it requires us to retrain the way we think and to go after these things. It goes on to say, give us this day our daily bread. And I'll just say this, you know, that uh, uh, going back to our relationship, when your relationship with God is growing in passion, there's confidence there. Go over to a First John chapter 5. First John, the fifth chapter. Is this helping anybody this morning? First John chapter 5. Praise the Lord. See, so far we've not even, we've not even, up until now, we're just now getting into things that are for us. It's kind of, kind of ironic, isn't it? That uh, that's the way the Lord Jesus instructed us. Our relationship, honoring him, his will being done, and then ourselves. I've been doing this a long time. A lot of times people's biggest problem is they're concerned about them before they're concerned about anything else. But when you're walking with him, when you are worshiping him, experiencing his presence, he, he's, he's expressing himself in your life. You're consumed with, with his will being done in the earth. It says here in verse, uh, 1 John chapter 5, this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. When I, when I, when I was read this scripture and wrote this scripture down, I immediately thought of Jesus. How many remember Jesus standing at Lazarus' tomb? And he said, Lord, he said, I thank you that you hear me. I know that you always hear me. And he said, now, so the others may believe. And then he spoke up loud and said, Lazarus, come out and yelled it really loud. He didn't yell it for, for Lazarus' sake. He didn't yell it for God's sake. He yelled it for their sake so they'd hear it. But he had a confidence. I know you hear me. I know you always hear me. See, when your relationship with God is growing and it's passionate, and you're spending time honoring him and worshiping him as a lifestyle, you understand what I'm talking about? As a lifestyle of giving glory to him. And your heart is focused to his will being done on earth. When you ask things, there's such confidence there. There's such confidence there that whatever it is you need, well, he knows that surely, you know that surely you're going to have those things. Scripture we know in Matthew chapter 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Now, I have to tell you, there have been many times in my life, and there probably will be some yet to come, where I have to step back and make an adjustment that my life, my priorities, my needs aren't taking first place. 
That is a constant thing that we will always have to be doing. Listen, it's not all about us. It's all about him, but he takes care of all of us. He'll take care of all of those things. So, yes, we go to him. We, we, we present these things, but there's confidence there when our relationship and these things are in order. Verse, uh, the next part says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, go with me to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 32. So Ephesians 4, 32, it says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Having an attitude or a heart of forgiveness is important as well. I know those are things that we know, but they're good reminders. Are, do you live looking for opportunities for, to forgive? Looking for things that you can just brush under the rug, forget, not brush under the rug is not a good way to say it, but things you, you can overlook and not taken account of, right? Brushing on the rugs is not probably the best way to say it, but, but to look past, you know what I'm saying? Something goes, you're looking for opportunities to forgive. You're looking for opportunities to see the best in somebody. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Do you realize all offense starts from not, being, not walking in forgiveness? All, all offense starts, uh, starts in not walking in forgiveness. Boy, is this an important one for us. You know, not walking in forgiveness towards people causes us, it, 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 it really doesn't hurt them near as much as it hurts us. Hmm. See, when you open up a door there and you let bitterness get in and, and unforgiveness get in, you really open the door for the enemy to deceive you. Yeah. But if you're keeping a relationship with God strong and keeping a heart of worship towards him and keeping your priorities right, when something comes up, it is so easy to forgive and look past things. We've all been there. We've seen it work. We've all been there. We've not seen it work where we've done the wrong thing, Right. Let's endeavor to do it the right way. Let's endeavor this week, make it a point to do it the right way this week. I guarantee you, if you, if you say, you know what, I'm going to be a person that is quick to forgive, you will probably have an opportunity before the end of lunch today. <laughs> Ever notice anytime you make a stand in an area, this is what I'm going to do. There's always opportunities to actually see, are you going to do it or not? You got to change the way you think so that you can what? Prove it out. You know, I'm not going to take account of that. Somebody cut me off in traffic. I'm not going to take account of that. Pray for me. <laughs> we take so many things so personally, so often, what has nothing to do with it. You know, a lot of times people do stuff they didn't intend to do it to you. I've been there many times just because I'm not the smartest about the way I say things sometimes, Right? Comes out completely. Anybody ever been there before? Let, let's learn to walk in forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive others. The Bible goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. In love. 
goes on to say, and do not, and Jesus went on to say, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Of course, we know that if we'll submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, he will flee from us. But notice you still have to resist. You still have to resist, but he will flee, amen? And then he ends with, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, uh, amen. A declaration of what he believed to be true, amen? Listen, I know these are simple things, but, you know, I challenge you. I've come to, I've come to learn that really success in life is not in the, the heavy, deep stuff. It comes in the simple details of what we do and the simple details of how we live our life. This week, I challenge you, if you will write, if you wrote, if you're not taking notes, if you didn't take notes, write these things down. If you took notes, read over them. Put these, this scripture in front of you somewhere. You can go over it every day. In the morning when you get up and and have a focus for the day to go after these things. And come back next week and tell me that you haven't had one of the best, maybe challenging, but one of the best weeks you've ever had. You're hearing from him. You're experiencing him. God's using you more, talking to you more, right? I said, if we'll begin to do these things, we'll begin to see real change. We'll begin to see things happen in our lives, right? Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.